welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast that hopes you're as big of a fan of us as we are of you. Oh. Uh, I know. I'm Steffi. I'm Megan. How's it going, Megan? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, my husband is out of town. I think I mentioned last week that he was going out of town, and now he's out of town, and it's very exciting. You've gotten so much much done today without him around. I did get a lot done today, and it's a Sunday, and so usually I don't do a lot of stuff, but I was like, (laughs) I just felt the desire to do things, and I got a lot of things done, and it was nice. Proud of you. We'll see where the rest of the week goes for you, but I'm proud of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super excited about, uh, I definitely have to get up early and like take my teenager to school. Instead of sleeping until after my husband comes back from taking him to school. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, there's upsides and downsides. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be okay. But also, since no one else is in the house during the day, if you, like, need to go take a little nap, no one will know. It's your only secret. Uh, That's true. Although, I mean, even if I do take naps during the day, like, Bob doesn't care. Well, I'm just trying to, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I (sighs) would know, but (laughs) it's more, it's not necessarily the naps. It's that I could go to lunch by myself. Ooh, yeah. Because he doesn't like it when I go to lunch with like you. I mean, I guess we could have invited him to go get ramen with us the other day, but. He, he just has like a lot of meetings and stuff, so I don't want to have to bother him and then wait around know, we when he doesn't we have, have a to meeting. Like, and we would have had to rush through our ramening, and that would have yeah. been very sad. So, yeah, you know, I love you, Bob, but not enough to rush my ramen. <laughs> <laughs> it's very serious business. Of course. Uh, what's new with you? Uh, you know, not a whole lot. Just uh, preparing to swap over guest room to craft room, doing some stuff. We are going to be renovating our kitchen in, like, I don't know, like six weeks. And so getting stuff prepped for that. So we got a lot of things happening in our house over the next few months. It's very exciting stuff. Very exciting. Now you're going to have to um, eat all the food that's in your kitchen and not buy any new food. Yeah, good luck on that one. Um, it's because fine. the more you eat, the less you have to like pack when it's time to get or find a everything new spot out. for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was pondering through that one already. It's fine. <laughs> it's actually the fridge is the big problem. I will probably have to like borrow your mini fridge to get through a few weeks of reno, but it's it's fine. <laughs> I mean, good luck with that. It's usually full of crap, but we'll see. We'll figure, we'll it, figure out. it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, you know, big stuff happening. So I'm sure you'll hear more about it in the coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a good segue for this. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Steffi, you are part of quite a few fandoms, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes, I am. I am one of those nerd kids who became a nerd adult. And I love I love my little fandoms and my fandom groups. It's great. I love being a part I, of just like the goofy little cultures. It's amazing. It's so funny though because I don't think that you're like super nerdy. In, I don't come like, off as super nerdy. Yeah, and you I feel like your fandoms are they're not like super nerdy fandoms. So it's not like <laughs> I don't know. I'm not super. I'm not like a super sci-fi person, which I feel like sometimes can get like. People think that the sci-fi people are like the really nerdy ones, which mm-hmm. I don't really know if that's if that's we can say that that's true or not. But I'm not like super duper into sci-fi and stuff like that. But I love like fantasy stories, any kind of fantasy story and fandom. I often am really into. Um, but you're not into Lord of the Rings though, so I don't know. I really struggle with Lord of the Rings. I mean, I, the movies were fine, but I, the books just really bogged me down, man. I don't know. <laughs> You're in a Tolkien niche fandom. Really, I am niche. niche. <laughs> I am very niche with my fandoms. But the things that I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of because, you know, I got that, like, neurodivergent, like, hyper-focused brain. So the things that are of interest to me are great interest to me. <laughs> 
Well, today we're diving deeper into the topic of fandoms with someone who is a part of many of them herself, Connie Lau. Welcome to the pod, Connie. Hello there. Connie, can you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Uh, well, I'm not sure you caught that, but that hello there is from Star Wars, um, so I'm definitely a nerd. Uh, but really quickly, my name is Connie <laughs> Lau, uh, she, her pronouns, and especially in the context of this podcast, especially about fandoms, I'll be an Earthbender, probably in House Stark, and it'll have my own lightsabers. They would be, or it would be a double-sided yellow lightsaber, and I can totally get to the idea of the colors of the lightsaber. That would be a whole nother fandom topic uh but yeah outside of <laughs> probably a whole podcast of it itself yeah but outside of being a nerd i'm a national park ranger and a former high school history teacher that sounds like uh, such a cool job we're not here to talk about your job but that sounds super cool, such a cool job. <laughs> we, we may have to have you back just to talk about your job because it is absolutely fascinating to us i know and like the one i told megan i was like oh connie's a park ranger she was like oh <gasps> Oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> so, y'all may be hearing from Connie again in the future. Yeah, I'll be excited to talk about that too. So can you explain a little bit about what a fandom is and how it goes beyond simply enjoying a certain topic or a piece of media? Yeah, I think fandom has to really do with the idea of community and having this community that is all, like you just said, really into and diving really deep into a specific content and that content can be like so many different things right uh it can be a movie it can be tv shows it can be entire universes but it can also be like um people also define musical artists as having fandoms as well so it really goes all into that many different things but having that really big group of people who's very excited about all the content that those creators make for us i'll say is what makes a fandom yeah, I, th- I think that's that, like, going so much, like, deeper into it piece where you just, like, can, like, pick apart and analyze and wonder what's going to happen next. And you can, like, take it in so many different times and find new things about it. And I, whereas I think a lot of people will just be like, why are you rewatching and re-listening and rereading these things over and over? And you're like, it's because I get something new out of it every time, okay? <laughs> yeah, um, so, and then sharing that with somebody, right? Yes, and then you sit down and you have these in-depth conversations. It's the best. Uh, so what was your first fandom, and how were you introduced to it? I think it's hilarious that you brought up Lord of the Rings <laughs> in the very first part of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll probably say that was one of my first fandoms that really got into. Um, I don't remember why we decided to watch it or how we got into it, but I just remember me and one of my friends really, really enjoying that movie and I remember very vividly when we were in the leadership crew together in middle school and our teacher was asking for like different themes that our like rally day can have and me and her went all off all out in this idea we bought her a whole entire binder of like all the different things we could do for this rally that would be Lord of the Rings theme so we had like all these like (laughs) music thing that we would have we had all the different like different groups of people that were in lord of the rings and how that would be the different like that's the seventh graders and that's the eighth graders it was ridiculous and um <laughs> yeah my first screen name my aim or aol instant messenger name is definitely elvish so um yeah that was my first fandom love it so what are some of the fandoms that you are part of these days uh, so i think one of my first fandom besides Lord of the Rings would be Avatar, The Last Airbender, and especially with the Avatar Studios coming out with more shows and more movies in the next couple of years. I'm really excited for that. It's definitely the show that I tell everyone is my favorite show of like all time. And then the other one would be Star Wars, especially with Mandalorian Season 3 coming out. And speaking of fandom, I actually have a little cheat sheet that I will make for people for episodes that they should watch before they watch it in terms of the animated shows and yeah uh, funny that. enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then the other thing was um the last of us which I think is hilarious because that's why we were thinking about changing this recording time because I was like wait that's on Sunday I need to watch it with <laughs> I know you were so sweet because you're like oh no and I 
was like, do we want to, do we need a different day? And you're like, no, no, it's okay. I'll just watch it an hour later. And I want to acknowledge what a sacrifice that is. (laughs) (laughs) I've been wait, I've been waiting to watch it until like the season's done so that, that I can just binge it because after Um. every single episode, people are like, I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and now I just gotta (laughs) wait until next week. And I'm like, I just, maybe I'll just sob all at once. Maybe I'll just same. I'm, I'm also waiting. I really want to watch it, but my friend just posted yesterday on his Instagram was like, I was planning to do that, but now I have anxiety after each episode, so I don't think I can finish <laughs> it. I actually do. I was like excited to watch it, and then everyone's like, every episode just tears me apart emotionally. I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be like therapy. I'm gonna have to like be in a in a mental place for this show. I wasn't expecting this, so. <laughs> Also, my son is very invested in the fact that I've never played the game, and he seems to think it's very, very important so that I play the game before I watch the show, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. You can watch the game play through if you want to do that. <laughs> I feel like like that's the show is the game. Why do I need to play the game? Why? Why? I don't know. This is blessed. It's fine. He's a teenager. <laughs> there have been some really incredible TikToks with like the screen-by-screen comparisons of the game and the show. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty pretty cool to see yeah. that. So they're definitely doing a really good job of um, trying to get that going. That's cool. That is really cool. And you know, we're always here for Pedro Pascal. It's fine. Megan <laughs> loves when he it's pops fine. up on her TikTok. That's why she has TikTok. It's now. only like five hundred times a day. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so obviously with the growth of social media, it's so much easier to find fellow fandom communities. So how do you like to connect to fellow self-professed nerds who follow the same fandoms as you? Uh, I think definitely some Facebook groups for sure. Uh, especially of some podcasts that I've listened to regarding various fandoms. Uh, one of them would be Binge Mode, which is Ringiverse. And then the other one is Ologies. I'm not sure if that one is a science one. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, those little small little communities that are really like-minded in terms of one caring for the fandoms and having a lot of uh, what's the word nostalgia and also like meaning to them and also just the desire to learn more, right? Regardless of whatever it is that we're talking about. And then uh, other stuff would just be like Instagram, and TikTok, just finding content creators who are all about diving really deep into the different content that we get. Yeah, I would agree with that. A lot of the like Facebook's communities that I am a part of that are like fandom based have also come from podcasts. Um, I know Connie because of Binge Mode and the Binge Mode Facebook group and Ringerverse and things like that. Um, and but yeah, I, but I also really do have loved TikToks. I will get things on my FYP that are about some of the fandoms that I love and. Um, it is really fun because I do think that like TikTok creators do such a good job of really diving deep and sharing their theories and um, a lot of times being um, constructively critical about the things that are happening. I don't know. I think it's it's such an interesting app for like finding those types of creators. Yeah, and it's always cool just looking into the comments too, and you can find other people either stitching or talking about other things and just adding even on uh, to the idea of like community, you know? So it's not just like one person talking to like everyone else. It's like there's still people like replying and commenting and adding to each other's content, which is super cool. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, you know, let's talk about the positives of these fandom communities. Uh, what are some of your favorite things about being part of these groups? Uh, I think understanding the hype about certain things happening. Uh, so for sure, Star Wars, right? Mandalorian season three. I forgot, Steffi, have you watched like the animated shows for Star Wars? I have not. I feel like Steffi probably you... has watched zero Star Wars. I have watched... Okay, look. Okay. We'll get a a little bit into this actually in the next question but um in high school my boyfriend at the time was like we should watch star wars and i was like so uh, at the t- if i i didn't have this language at the time but i would have explained that my neurodivergence is the type that likes to do things in chronological order and so mm. the idea of watching the original trilogy and then going back and watching the like prequel trilogy was like 
making my mind melt. So we watched the prequel trilogy. I think we skipped the first one. He was like, the first movie is boring. I'll just tell you what it's about. And then we watched the (laughs) second and third one. And I was like, oh, I kind of like these. And then we went to watch the original one and I kept falling asleep. And then I was like, I just think maybe this isn't meant for me. But I did enjoy the prequel trilogy movies that I watched, which I know most of the, uh, they're like, true star wars people totally shit on those so i just stay very quiet when people talk about star wars because that's my experience with it where i was like oh natalie portman yeah kind of enjoying these movies and then everyone's like those are the shitty trilogy and i'm like i'll just be quiet it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so anyway that's my tangent about star wars I, which we can totally dive into deeper about what gatekeeping <laughs> is, especially in the Star Wars community. Um, but right now, Star Wars is kind of in this uh, development phase of the Ahsoka show and the Mandalorian show. I know I sound like a nerd right now. Uh, that are really tying all of these different pieces that the animated shows have worked on for like years, right? So, for example, Clone Wars, um, seven seasons, a lot more than seven years because there was a couple of years of break in between so this character Ahsoka has been developed for so many years and finally to see her in live action and to have her story kind of finally make it to mainstream is this really really exciting for all of us who have been so invested for so many years in her arc Uh, so having all that hype and all the understanding all that history of her character is like one of the coolest things to kind of be very excited about in communities and like that wise for like really any upcoming Star Wars content because there's a lot of throwbacks to these shows that not many people or not as many people have seen. I mean, we started we started to talk about this slightly, but as with everything good, there is a downside and many fandoms seem to have a certain level of, let's say, toxicity and gatekeeping not to mention ownership of how the story must be told. And I'm thinking in particular of blowback from Rey and Star Wars as well as any Marvel TV movie characters that veer away from Cishet White. So what are some of the negatives that you've encountered in the community and how do you deal with them? Yeah, I think kind of speaking to what Steffi talked about, I think there is, there's a fun quote that says, um, people who hate Star Wars the most are fans of Star Wars. (laughs) I've seen that, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And there's just like, there's a certain or small group of Star Wars fans that no matter what you do, like, they would just never be satisfied with Star Wars. Um, Me personally, I think Star Wars is just a fun story wacky characters and all these different planets and honestly i'm just here for the ride um i know that i'm not here to break down every single minute detail install that some fans really want to do but i'm just here for the ride and i'm here for the story i'm here for the fun of them um that said i think it's really unfortunate that there is so much gatekeeping and there is so much toxicity around the prequel trilogy and around the sequels trilogy and uh, yeah it makes me sad every time i hear people just completely dismiss those trilogies i think they do have some great qualities to them not phantom phantom is really racist Uh, that's the first one (laughs) um but i don't know it it definitely is just disheartening um especially with some of the new shows too and there's always some complaints one um here or another and then with marvel Absolutely, too. I think just hearing people always uh, review bombing, right? Going to Rotten Tomatoes or anything, yeah. just giving them zeros or ones. And it's just really, really disheartening to see. But I think the part that does make me, or how I deal with that, is just seeing the community that's actually being represented for once and their joy in seeing that. Uh, so, for example, with Black Panther, with Wakanda Forever, right seeing everyone's excitement especially the black community i just remember the wakanda the first movie and seeing all the little boys and girls dressed up as okoye as t'challa suri it's so incredible and then for myself for shang chi right just recently in the last couple of years seeing that representation a different fandom would be everything everywhere everywhere all at once like Last Halloween, mm-hmm. seeing so many Halloween costumes of all these incredible characters in that movie, it's definitely a highlight. So I think really just for me, 
finding that joy in these communities that haven't been represented for so long and just being like, you know what? Screw the haters. We'll love what we love and we'll love what we have. Um, yeah. 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 Everything's already made for a white men. Like, they can sit down for a while. <laughs> yeah. Maybe find enjoyment in something that doesn't represent you. What? Impossible. <laughs> yeah, and, like, review bombing just is so confusing to me. Because I'm like, don't... Presumably, wouldn't you want people to, like, take part in this fandom that you supposedly are so into? And, like, wouldn't you want things to do well so that then they make more movies as a part of that fandom like i don't know it's just so weird to me also maybe get a <laughs> hobby like an actual <laughs> hobby that isn't just like going on and like review bombing it's just so weird it makes no sense yeah i don't know it's just so strange and i don't i don't know i, I again i know that a lot of it is like these bored white dudes who apparently have nothing better to do but maybe we can just all pool together and they can we can fund a real hobby for them bless their little hearts uh, <laughs> okay so this next question is specifically about harry potter and jk rowling so this is a trigger warning for listeners that just don't have the spoons for this conversation today feel free to skip ahead a bit or come back when you're in a better headspace for this topic um but with Rowling not only outing herself as deeply transphobic, but she's also doubled down and has been stating that she believes that anyone that buys into the Harry Potter franchise now supports her beliefs. Uh, it's really upended a fandom that once was a safe space for so many people, especially the queer community. So can you share how you've seen this affect the communities you're a part of in recent years? Yeah. Uh, as someone who grew up with Harry Potter and, you know, going to all the different book releases, I gotta say, like, this fandom was, like, definitely really, uh, heartbreaking, even, to, like, have something that you kind of grew up and, like, love so dearly and to have its creator just so openly, um, hateful and transphobic has been, yeah, it really sucks, um, I know in one of our communities, the one where we met um, Steffi, is we actually don't talk about it. And it's just mm -hmm. a, hey, we know that how much harm this person actively does every day. We know that officials like in the government use her words to pass transphobic laws. Like we just we just can't do that. We just have to acknowledge how much harm that she has done and what she's continues to do. Um, yeah, I, it has been an interesting journey, I guess, to kind of see how my different friends have really kind of responded to these news. I think there's a lot of people who really want to to say separate the art from the artist or say that mm -hmm. the, you can't um, have that influence how you felt about it initially. I think it's just so complex and more yeah. complicated than that because she's still alive today and she's still well, and like, making so was... much money yeah mm -hmm. and i think like when it all kind of started it was a little bit easier to for mm -hmm. it to fall into a separating the art from the artist thing because you know what like i know guys it's been kind of ramping up for the last few years and i think i think mm -hmm. three four years ago it was like mm, this is like not great but also you know okay maybe a little bit we could kind of separate the 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 story and the fandom from her but the more that she's been doing and the more harm she's been doing and especially you know recently coming out and saying like well anyone who buys my stuff says that it's okay to be transphobic like more or less summarizing <laughs> what she said like Pretty much that it it's i mean it certainly has reached a point where i don't want to give another penny to her um, I don't know, like, mm -hmm. for me personally, being a, you know, cishet woman, um, white woman, like, to, I think that I could still read, like, and I still enjoy, and there's still parts of the story itself that were so meaningful to me as an adolescent and even in, like, my 20s, um, things that happened mm -hmm. to me that um, there are still parts of the story that I still have really soft spot for but like i certainly would never want to give another penny to her or even have like an enjoyment of that be hurtful to someone else so it is super complicated 
Yeah, it absolutely is. And like, I don't even want to like recommend them to anyone at all. And like, yeah. not even talk about it to like students or to kids. I like, I don't even want to mention it because I really don't want that kind of, um, yeah, want her to be supported in any way at all. Right. Yeah, my right. son actually a couple weeks ago he was talking about how he wanted to uh, retake his sorting how sorting hat quiz, and I was like, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> and I had to like explain to him <laughs> why. He's like, well, what if I use this web website that's like not you know she doesn't own it or anything, and like it's still it's still like connected to yeah. it, and even if there's like you know just perfectly normal people that are totally fine like trying to sell stuff on Etsy or things like that they have their own little fan sites stuff like this problem stems from the fact that those things getting attention in a way make her think that she is getting con condoned for her actions and she has basically already said she's using the money that she's making to promote her agenda now mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's it's really disheartening and it makes me, it reminded me actually of, um, so recently, uh, Puffin has decided to yep. uh, edit Road Dahl's books. Uh -huh. And there's been a lot of interesting conversation around that. And the thing that actually really stuck out to me was they, they interviewed Philip Pullman. He said a lot of things about Road Dahl's books and about him and stuff. But he basically was like, look, there are lots of other people to read that are better yep we can move on from these stories and we don't have We're to read them anymore super, well and uh, for context uh doll is super anti-semitic or was i guess he's dead now yeah but was incredibly yeah. anti-semitic so if anyone is not aware of that that's where this comes that's where a lot of it from. comes from yeah and yeah. um pretty sure jk rowling is too uh, uh, uh -huh. yeah yeah um yeah so but he is basically saying like we don't have to read this person anymore like there's better books out there there's better stories and i feel the same way about her i feel like mm -hmm. it was it was fine at that time in my life when i enjoyed it and it was not you know a controversial thing but n now that i'm older i can't i don't even think i could read them now because they're not that great they're not that well written like as an adult you're like reading looking back on them you might have fond memories of them but they're not like amazing there are so many great books out there that are begging to be read by authors that are undiscovered mm -hmm. and that could use the attention more than she mm -hmm. yeah for sure this is where I think TikTok is really great because I get, I mean, I get a lot of book talk stuff on my FYP, but then when that crosses over with fandom stuff, um, I, there's a lot of creators on there that are saying like, Hey, do you want a story that makes like, makes you feel the way that Harry Potter made you feel the first time you read it? Here are series that have like magical elements and fantasy elements and, you know, the, the found family elements like they'll give you all of these book and series recommendations based on you know kind of that thing about harry potter or whatever um that you that made you feel a certain way um and so i love again i think that's this is uh not to be like everyone download tiktok but also maybe everyone should download tiktok because it's great um <laughs> and uh, that's where i love those communities as well because there are so many um just ally communities that are saying like hey these books suck because these not you know these these authors suck and let's not support them here are other books by you know queer people people of color um you know whatever um that you can support and read instead which i love to save those so that i can come back to them when i need um some reading recommendations connie what are some series that you have found to fill the hole where harry potter once was for you personally yeah, so for me personally, I've actually really tried to read only uh, people of color or BIPOC, so Black and Indigenous people of color, the last couple of years, and it has been really incredible just being so intentional about that, considering that mm. for pretty much all the years before, I've been reading primarily white authors, and it's what I've been exposed to, what I read in class, what I've read in college, 
And so I do want to say, like, just specifically reading those authors have been really awesome. Um, I guess I want to shout out some, like, really incredible books I read lately um, about trans and non-binary characters. Yes, please that... do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First one is Light from Uncommon Stars. Rika Aoki. Um, and yeah, they, this is an incredible book, Life Among Common Stars. And one of my favorite pieces is that it is based in the 626, which is the area code of Monterey Park, California, which if you didn't know, was also the site of the mass shooting we had there on Lunar New Year. So definitely felt that um, because my grandma lives like, I don't know, two blocks down the street from there. But Monterey Park is an Asian American community. So just having the that community so highlighted in that book was really incredible. It's about a trans character. There's music, there's aliens, there's donuts. It is the most whimsical story and also like heart-wrenching story too. So highly recommend that I, one. I just pulled it up on story graph <laughs> because I'm going to add these to my story graph to read list as you're talking about them. And just the first like sentence of the description uh, it talks about how to say defiantly, joy defiantly joyful adventure with cursed violins, Faustian bargains, and queer alien courtship <laughs> over fresh made donuts. I'm not sure a sentence has ever sold me faster on the book. I'm just going to throw that out there. It is so whimsical, and I love it for it. You're just like, what is happening? Why? What? Okay. All right. Also, I'm there's into a. There's it. a. Um, there's a. Uh, fuck. The. When on the front, you know, the the snippet that'll be like, you should read this. It's a great book from somebody else. Whatever. Mm -hmm. um, technical term, guys. Uh, the the on the cover, that whatever is from T.J. Clune, who wrote uh, House of the Cerulean Sea, which I absolutely mm -hmm. adore. So that's like so many things I love happening <laughs> in this book. It's going on the top of the to read pile. <laughs> yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, the other one was my favorite book from last year. Uh, she, Who, sorry, Life of Uncommon Stars is actually my first. So my second is um, She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. If I had to describe it, I would say is Mulan meets historical fantasy. Um, yeah, it's freaking cool Amazing. and it's sapphic. So <laughs> there's a really sequel coming out this too. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this one is not by trans author. The other two are either trans or non-binary. Uh, the other one is This Is How You Lose the Time War and is actually a collaboration one. And it's mostly sci-fi, but it definitely becomes more of a romance. And I'm the first to tell you I'm not usually one for romance, but I was totally sold and was rooting for those two characters. And the writing is beautiful. Um, so highly recommend that one too. Amazing. That one is in is what's it called? One is a book made of letters. Espe oh, um, Megan, mm. why do you not immediately have the answer to this? I feel like I this have is no idea. Do you know what we're talking about, though, right? Espitulary. I didn't know there was a special word for it. Yeah, there's a special yeah. word for like when a when a book is made up of letters, like you know where they'll be like back and forth or whatever between the characters. There is a special word for it, but I can't remember what it is. I'm not no. sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's espistolary, espistolary, something like that. E p i s t o l a r y, espistolary. Epistolary, yeah. Mm -hmm. Epistle, because that, that's like a pistol. So epistolary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, See, that one. That one. I can't believe that we just taught you that, <laughs> Megan. That seems like such a. I didn't. Thing I didn't know. major in English class in English, so. No, but you are a five. So, I don't know. You just that's know such things, a random thing. Megan? I mean, I do know a lot of weird random things, but I did not know that random thing. So, <laughs> okay. well done. <laughs> anyway, Connie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are really great. And then, I, sorry, I give one more because I love books and I'm also on book we're talk. Not, and this was called. Cut you off on book <laughs> trust me. Uh, this one's called The Space Between Worlds. And it's sci-fi. I think they're going to make a show or movie out of it soon. And it's BIPOC. is um, time traveling. It's such a great, what's the word, um, critical analysis of capitalism, colorism. It talks about sex work. 
uh, classism. It's all in there. I'll give you the premise because I think it's really fun. Uh, it is in the future and they have figured out how to travel in between parallel universes. And if you have died in that parallel universe, you can travel to them. So the protagonist pretty much her other selves have died in like 250 other worlds. So pretty much because, you know, she's of her class of where she was born, all that stuff, like she's able to travel to all these different places and it's good. Highly recommend. That's amazing. That sounds great. It's also, like as you're talking about that, I'm like, everything everywhere all at once. Connie has a thing for this. <laughs> Jump in between your your, your parallel universes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk That's about an incredible movie. I really hope it wins We've... Best Picture. I need to watch it again. It's I well, because Meg, Megan and I have talked about this movie multiple times because it's that good. I what I said when I watched it, I was like, I either understood that perfectly or not at all, and either way, I loved it. It was so gorgeous. Like I've I don't know the last time I've seen a movie that was so beautiful. Mm, Just yeah, visually, the story, like this, everything, like what? It was so good. Yeah, absolutely. The only problem is that I, I, was, actually... I was watching it on a plane and I was like, like weeping through the movie on a plane. I was like, awkward, awkward. It's fine. I'm fine. Just don't look at me. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. I can talk more about that in our next question. To that end, so we talked in a recent episode about healing and nurturing your inner child. So how do some of your fandoms and fandom communities do this for you? Yeah, so speaking of everything or everywhere all at once, I actually watched that movie and Turning Red pretty much the same day. I watched Turning Red in the afternoon and then I had tickets to go watch everything with my friends in the evening. And I wish someone had kind of given me a warning. (laughs) <laughs> I, these are both um, such wonderful pieces of media but i could imagine oh no <laughs> yeah especially as like an immigrant daughter right sorry as a daughter of immigrants right um especially yeah. as an asian american daughter of immigrants uh watching those was kind of incredible and just seeing our stories on the screen and then seeing parents on screen apologize i'm not sure that happens in real life by the way but (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) it's just funny because there's so many memes from like the asian community about both those stories and be like we know these stories aren't real because they apologize (laughs) 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 they have to remind us it's fiction um (laughs) But there was definitely seeing ourselves in those stories was like really, really important. And just seeing, especially everything, just seeing number one, like the expectations, right? That our immigrant parents have of us. Um, Two, seeing just a seamless transition between Mandarin and Cantonese and English and understanding how a lot of us have to know how to co-switch, right? To understand all Mm -hmm. those languages. For me, it was like super exciting that I could understand like everything in that movie. Um, and then just like knowing Michelle and or, or Evelyn of just like her and talking to uh, Stephanie Sue's character who can't remember her character's name right now. Um, but just her way of showing love too, you know, and just being like, hey, you're fat. And just actually like, that's how like Asian parents show they love you sometimes. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's I don't know, it's like little things of just seeing yourselves finally reflected in the media in so many different ways. And it's not just like one dimension, right? Michelle's and Not Stephanie's like a bad character. stereotype, but like actually. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There are just so many different facets in those movies. And seeing them come on screen and seeing it being so celebrated in the last year has been really incredible and like really speaking to our childhood, you know, and kind of healing and acknowledging what we, what we, every, a lot of us know as, um, as those children. Yeah. I, I think a lot of Latine and especially Colombian, uh, communities felt the same way about Encanto. Oh yeah. um, At the beginning Mm -hmm. of last year, you know, to see like how like healing it was for them to see in the movie, you know, the abuela, 
apologize, which again, as you know, you started like, <laughs> must be fiction because that's not gonna happen in real life um but you know uh i it's been it's been really heartwarming to see how much that representation means to all of these communities you know obviously again as a cis white woman i'm sort of i i've seen myself depicted a lot and it doesn't mean that those movies don't mean a lot to me and i don't enjoy them but like to see that added level of Royce just needed to come down the stairs and join this conversation. So I'm sure you guys heard him <laughs> in his racket down the wood, the wood stairs. Um, you know, to just, it's been so powerful to see how much that re- representation means and is why, you know, I know like I don't go see a lot of movies in theaters, but I like Megan and I, we went to see uh, Shang-Chi and we saw, um, Wakanda forever and I I like supporting movies like that in theaters when I can because it tells them to keep making more of those movies because I think they're, they've been so incredible and I want to say like that these movies are also kind of really incredible in a way because shows representation matters because everyone when you think that people usually think that means for the kids right for the little ones who are dressing up mm-hmm. but now it's just as important for us adults as well um even for michelle right when she was reflecting in her interview like how this is the first role in all her entire career she's like 60 i think um first time that she was offered a role that really showed off all the dimension dimensions of her acting and of her character like it means a lot to us for sure yeah also i would not have guessed that she was 60 that's not the number I would have come up with. I would have guessed much younger. She She's, looks incredible. She looks amazing. I think the only reason I know that she is older is because I've seen so many of her movies over the years. And you're and like, so, you can't be a spring chicken to have made this many movies. I know. <laughs> like you've been making movies for like 20 years that I and I said that I've seen for 20 years. So I know you're not young, but you look. Give so us good. a skincare routine, Michelle. Okay. It must be all the like training that she does i don't know amazing she's amazing um so are there any so we kind of you talked a little bit like about binge mode and a couple other things but are there any podcasts or social media accounts that you are loving these days for fandom content and that could you you could recommend to our listeners yeah i mean i have to shout out house of r uh with mallory rubin and joanna robinson of course and, um, and you want to the... talk about some deep dive stuff. <laughs> there were some like yeah. three hour episodes recapping uh, the House of the Dragon episodes. <laughs> the other one is Kin Folklore. They're actually from our same um, community, Kin Folklore. And they did a really awesome Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, Avatar, the podcast too. So I really want to shout them out. And then ologies, I think I'm a nerd, so it's been really fun listening to the science of um, all the different things that we have here at our national parks. So I'll do that one. That's awesome. Also, I've heard that ologies is a great podcast. That is amazing. Yeah, highly recommend. There's um, not related to that, but I thought of earlier that. if you are on TikTok, if you happen to follow the Washington Post, their TikTok team oh, is amazing. <laughs> but uh, they have one member, uh, Chris Vasquez, who does a like a spinoff series called Variant Cover, and he talks a lot um, about comic book stuff or um, other pop culture type of things and representation in those communities and where representation is lacking and the fandoms and stuff. And it's really cool. I think he does it like, I don't know, maybe once a month, maybe a little bit more, but that's a really good series that they're doing over there. I really like their TikTok. They just surprised me. I know. It's so random. They're great. It's, it's also, it's amazing. They have like three full-time people working on TikTok for a newspaper that is so like venerated and everyone's trying to copy them uh but yeah and they're also (laughs) i don't know i just love them they're very informative and funny at the same time and serious when they need to be so los angeles times actually have a series that's pretty good um 
that they'll do on Instagram. I'm not sure if they're on TikTok yet. And the Los Angeles Public Library is actually my favorite social media account. They do a lot of cool content. I love oh all God, the libraries. <laughs> I, I love following libraries and librarians. And like there was a guy, there's a librarian that came up on my FYP who was like, we'll do things like help you make phone calls, like make phone calls on your behalf. And then a bunch of people were like getting Aww. pissed at him for like doing that. And he was like, uh, I'm gonna keep doing it because librarians are awesome. Like, I don't know. It was just like so nice to see. I don't know. I just love them. They're so wholesome. <laughs> there are some really cute ones on TikTok. And you're just like, oh, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, thank you for putting off watching The Last of Us for us. You are <laughs> no so worries. appreciated. Uh, it's time to talk about what's bringing us joy this week. So, Connie, what is making you happy right now? Uh, it is beautiful here right now in the Grand Canyon, I must say. Um, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm not used to snow, so it's been a whole season. But with that said, <laughs> it makes it really, really beautiful. There is so much snow right now on the rim. I wish I can show a picture on a podcast. But just imagine the canyon, and it's immense, and it's wide, and it's one mile deep and 10 miles wide and 277 miles long, and it's completely covered in snow. <laughs> that sounds it's amazing. so cool. Uh, yeah. can, you, can you please tell everyone about the uh, the social media posts that you've been a part of for the park and like the because you didn't you do one recently that was about snow related to star wars <laughs> yes uh yeah we're just doing a quick update snow update on the snow and it's also our way to kind of get people to bring proper snow gear and so one of my fellow rangers come and ask me it's like hey Cody, how are you feeling about the snow and my quote was, um, mm, I hate snow. It's wet. It's irritating. It's cold. And it gets everywhere. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a Star Wars reference for those who didn't make it. <laughs> amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Big fan. Yep. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of like social media, sorry, of like fandom references in the official National Park Service social media and my friends keep asking me. They're like convinced that I'm running it. I'm like, I'm, no, it's not me, I swear. I but. promise it's not. They're just really cool people. <laughs> there was one that was like, it's a trap. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. And they're like, are you sure it's not you, Connie? I'm like, no, it's not me. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Steffi, what's bringing you joy? Uh, well, I mentioned, um, you know, I said, like, we're redoing, could be redoing our kitchen in the next, like, six weeks. And honestly, it's making me so happy. Uh, we love our house so much. Um, but our kitchen has just never been up to snuff for us. But it's been one of those, like, really long-term, like, okay, eventually we'll redo it. And we're finally uh, able to do that and get it started. And with, you know, Alex working in the restaurant and me doing the full-time food blogging, we need a good kitchen, and so it's we're reworking the layout just a teeny bit, like switching where some appliances are, and just like some seemingly like small changes that I think are going to make it so much more workable for us, and it's great. So, um, yeah, very very happy, very excited. It'll be a good, and now we really will never leave this house. I was like, we're doing this. We really are dying in this house. Like that's it. So. Well, I mean, you are taking a window out of the wall, and I don't feel like that's a small change. Well, no, it's not a small change. That's a big deal. That is a big change. It is a big change. It is a big deal. Um, But yeah, it'll just, it's, you know, again, like a small-ish space that is just dead space right now. We'll be able to put cabinets there and have a real range hood over our stove. And um, yeah, that's some better, you know, get some can lights in, have some better lighting, obviously different cabinets and countertops. Just like, oh, I'm so excited. I was looking at like stain colors um, for the cabinets and very exciting. It is exciting. I can't wait to vicariously live through you. <laughs> I can't wait for me to be like, what do you think of this blue color for the cabinets? And you'd be like, give your like very, I don't know, your Megan look. Oh, gotta decide how I like this color and tell me, yes, I love it or I hate it. 
because you have to like it because you're going to be at my house as much as I am. So anyway. Uh, okay, are you getting Megan. are you getting new floor too? No, your floor no, is wood. Isn't we're it? gonna we're gonna keep the wood floors because they're like original yeah. to the house, and I mean they're kind of beat up, but also that's some character. And also, given that we have two big dogs and two cats and a child, I'm just not seeing us having a lifestyle that's not tough on floors at any point. So I keep forgetting that you have like wood floor in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and not yeah. relegated to horrible tile like in my kitchen. Yeah, it's true. There's Actually, there isn't any horrible tile in our house because even the bathrooms have like pretty de- decent tile on the floors. But nope, it's wood, so we'll leave that. Yeah, well, someone I do tried to ruin my house do, at some point. So we are going to do like uh, oak cabinets that then like unfinished oak cabinets that then we have our contractor stain or whatever for us. Um, but I'm look we're looking at like colored stain, not just like more wood finish throughout our house that has a lot of wood in it. Um, so I think that that'll look really nice. I think like I we're kind of talking about like a really deep blue maybe. So I think that's the look color really cool. that I'm looking at. I thought you were looking at green, Megan. Bob doesn't like the green. He likes blue. Okay, well we can have matching blue kitchens. I was like I can have blue because <laughs> Megan. I was literally in my head like I can have blue cabinets because Megan was looking at green cabinets. It's fine, I mean, guys. We also they, only bought the exact same pair of earrings at a store yesterday, and we did not go together. We went separately totally and still fine. bought the same pair of earrings. It's I knew fine. you were going to – as soon as I picked them up, too, I was like, Stephanie's going to probably buy these. Or maybe – I don't know what time you went, so it's possible you bought them before me. It doesn't <laughs> we were matter. There, I don't know. We were there at, like, 1030, so we were probably before you. But Yeah, you were there, like, an hour before me. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Megan, what's making you happy this week? Um. So so this is a small thing, but we have lived in this house for 28 months, so almost almost two and a half years. And uh, I have this beautiful window in my stairwell, my front stairwell. My front stairwell is beautiful wooden staircase with this lovely window that has like a half moon on top of it, and it's very pretty. And it had the worst curtain on it. Just really bad. It was uh, terrible. It was, it was it was just ugly. a terrible curtain. And I meant to replace it for, all, like, as soon as we moved in. And I never did. And uh, I replaced it yesterday with I'm curtains that are too you. short. But I don't care. Uh, because they're not hideous. They're not ugly. <laughs> and they're just, they lighten it up a little bit, too. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they're just temporary, probably, because they are too short. But it makes me really happy to see them there and not the ugly curtains. I applaud you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Way to Sometimes go, Sometimes it's really the little things. <laughs> it really is. Um, so next week we are going to have a somewhat in-depth conversation about Prince Harry's book Spare. Yeah. So it's our next book club. So if you have read it um, or you want to read it, listen in. We'll be joined by a very special guest and friend of the pod that I think you all will recognize. So until then, leave (laughs) us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast. You can also send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.